Gene Harris and Scott Hamilton with Blues for Gene, released in 1990 on the Gene Harris-Scott Hamilton Quintet album, At Last. This is Lead Stories. I'm Retrice Lead. I'm wondering, am I ever going to be coming back? It was not a pleasant experience, and it still continues, although in much abated form. So I'm still contending with that. But I just had, I had to be with you today. Uh, Let's see. We're going to be talking about what you want to talk about today. And I see so many developments and people are beginning to become a little bit more aggressive about their rights and also advocating in behalf of patients, the strike by nurses in New York City. Um, Lots of things are happening. And they're happening in a particular context as well. I think the, the feeling I got is that people have decided we've been very cooperative, we've been patient, we've been waiting for some kind of dialogue so that we can all get together and plot our course forward. But it is New York City, after all, and it is about the the issue of management versus workers, and it still hasn't changed. The nature of that relationship has not changed at all. And that's sad. Because you would think that it is, you know, a new day. And people would get away from that old management versus worker mentality and see that the 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 larger picture requires people to have a different attitude, a different outlook. And to see how they can work together in order to deliver the very best services for the people depending on them. But we just can't seem to get out of it. Uh, We just can't seem to get out of the old uh, way of dealing with each other, especially in labor issues. And that's too bad because it's backward. It remains a backward model. And it is unnecessary. It causes a lot of disruption. It is a threat to patients' lives. It certainly is about what is the equitable standard for workers? This is a very central question. And in this time, to still hold on to the old, you know, it's like they don't want to move forward. They can't see the logic of, of taking a different approach to solving problems especially when so many lives are hanging in the balance. It is very unfortunate. 
And worse, we don't see any apparatus uh, constructed to come into the breach and say, hey, let's sit down and talk. Let's figure something out. But this is not the way to go. We shouldn't have people out in the street in 2023 still talking about a living wage. We, sh- we shouldn't have that. And we shouldn't have patients in, in the beds sick and in some cases even dying, not knowing whether the help that they need will be available. We shouldn't have this. The models do exist for a different approach to talking for management and for labor to come together and and figure things out. It should never have come to this, but here we are. In 2023, we still using the tactics and the same, uh, running the same script from the 1920s. This is very disheartening, very disheartening. And something has to be done to impress upon management in particular that this model will not work, does not work. And we need immediate, uh, an immediate response that shows a willingness to, to move forward in the modern world. This is not stuff of the modern world. This is stuff from the 1920s. And we need to condemn it and to insist that we have a different approach to solving labor and management issues. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and I'd like to know what your thoughts are. And here's the first one. Looking back at the Biden administration's past two years and looking forward to the possibility of two more years if he runs again and wins, is Biden the kind of president the country needs right now? That's the question. Looking back at the Biden administration's past two years and looking forward to the possibility of two more if he runs again and wins, It's, is Biden the kind of president the country needs? Here's another question, if you choose, for what has he earned strong points? For what has he earned strong points? And for what? Have you found him wanting? For what has he earned strong points? And for what have you found him wanting? 
here's another question. Do you trust our political leadership? Why or why not? Be specific. Do you trust our political leadership? Why or why not? And be specific. Here's another. If you were offered citizenship in another country that appealed to you, would you take it or pass? Why? Those are some beginning questions, and you can certainly offer us your thoughts at 888-874-4888. Let's hear what you have to say, and uh, give us specifics, and direct your attention to the question asked. Don't go straying, stay on point. Certainly, I will keep you on point. 888-874-4888. There's a lot of movement, but I'm not so sure. It's not ringing right to me where things are right now. Uh, And I wished the country as a whole would operate at a higher level. We seem to have gone backwards into a kind of thuggery. And it seems that bad behavior and the thuggery are what is gaining attention right now. People like what they see, as ugly as it is, which says that we are in big trouble. We've lost the art of communication. We have lost focus on what it is we ought to be doing as a so-called leading nation of the world. And we've lost our place in the pantheon of leadership. Uh, And we seem unable to get our footing right The way people are behaving is just unbelievably bad. (laughs) It's like uh, everybody is is in a kind of a swill, and they like it there. They like the kind of dog-eat-dog kind of action. They love it. It's too bad, but we have sunk. We have sunk. That's for sure. Hopefully, we can get our act together and bring some kind of decorum to public service and public life. 888-874-4888. What do you think about the... You can offer as a response to the questions that I've asked today. And I've asked them because it's to me, so glaring, and more so because people are not talking about these things. It doesn't seem to bother people that we have grown people in Congress, in leadership positions, 
who are behaving like thugs and have no interest at all in, you know, trying to carve a future where, you know, you have to raise your stakes, you have to raise your standards, you have to behave differently. But everybody seems to be okay with getting down into the gutter and to the swill and fighting and cussing out each other and carrying on. That's that's unfortunate. But that's where they have taken us as a whole, as a nation. And we're not the only ones. Uh, people in in Britain are saying the same thing. People across the world are saying the same thing, experiencing the same thing. A general deterioration in the caliber of leadership. And they are very, very worried about that. Because you can't tell who the leaders are from who the thugs are. They, they're pretty much the same. They're behaving the same. And people are okay with it. It's, they don't understand that they should be voicing just the, the stunned amazement that this is where the leadership has dragged everybody down. Because, first of all, they're not competent, generally. They're not holding themselves to a higher standard of behavior and performance. They are not equipped to lead in the first place. And, you know, they're having a good old time. This is a great time for them. They, they like it. They're feeling their oats. And there's nobody, even in, within Congress, that says this is not the way we operate. This is not going to work. And we've got to stop it and have some kind of decorum around here. But you look at the behavior, you look at what they're bringing to the table and you, you, you're stunned. This, this is leadership. These are the people who are fashioning our future. We are in their hands and we, we are okay with it. Kind of very strange. Raises questions about us. What happened to us? We have no standards anymore. Anything goes. This kind of gutter snipe behavior and people doing all kinds of illegal things and it's passing the test in Congress in local government, we have thugs and we have thieves and we have liars and we have a, a, an assortment of undesirables in leadership. 
we are in their hands. And people are not, they don't seem to be upset about it. They seem okay with it. And, you know, life goes on. We are at a very low point. And we're acting like we we can't figure that out. Look who is in Congress. Look what they're doing. Look how they're behaving themselves. We have, it seems as if we have as many criminals in Congress as we do on the, on the outside. And it's okay. People who should have no, no presence at all in Congress are running things. And folks are comfortable with it. These are people I wouldn't, I wouldn't entrust them with my dog to walk a dog. I'll be very, very confused and very, very concerned about the welfare of the dog. But these are the people now running things. It's been built for years now, and here it is. They're not even pretending to have decorum. They're not pretending to have class. They're not pretending to to the public anyway. They're not pretending that they believe they have a higher calling. It is... Everybody doing whatever they want to do. It's total chaos. And I don't see how this is going to work out. How does this contribute to the average person, the average citizen, having a sense of confidence in the leadership, the political leadership of this country? And why people are making the decisions that they're making. And these decisions are decisions we are supposed to respect. It It is mind-boggling. I mean, I've been apoplectic about it. I can't imagine that this is the level, the very low level at which People in high office are functioning and allowed to function. And there's nothing that seems uh, capable of holding the line and letting people know this is this is not this is not leadership. Presidents who are just about ready to be indicted, people who are corrupt. And they have no shame. They have no shame. Who is lying through his teeth? And who is, you know, 
doing anything possible to get a, a, a couple of special assignments. And this is what's going on all over the United States. It's like a disease, a pandemic. Really poor leadership and a brazen attitude about it. As if to say, I don't care if you don't agree with me or if you like me. I'm here and you can't do a thing about it. It's, it's not a good time. And it could only get worse. You have a president selling <laughs> or giving access to top secret papers. And what is going on here? How could anybody feel at ease? that the country's in good hands. Scoundrels and thieves and corrupt people. And they're open about it now. It's a badge of honor. Unbelievable to me. Every day, there is this pretense that all is well. Don't worry, the country's in good hands. Really? That's what you call good hands? These are the people running the country? This is what we admire? This is what passes for leadership? And we're okay with it? then we deserve what we get. Plain and simple. 888-874-4888 is the number to call and answer some questions today. Jay from New York, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Utrice. I hope all is well, and I hope you're doing well. Well, I'm hanging. I'm hanging in. Hanging in there, like Ed said, with your thumbs. Um, yep. Number one, Biden, I think, has only brung a sense of civility and calmness and, to me, nothing really else at all. I think that over the next few months, you're going to really, really see what Biden's about and how much, in all truthfulness, the Democrats are no different than the Republicans. What's about to happen with this new Congress that has just been seated. Because are you, from are what you being fair? Are you being fair to Biden when you say, you say that, you know, essentially... He's nothing special. Um, I Are think you being he's fair? nothing. Yeah, I think I'm being fair because to me, he's really not done anything other than just put forward a little bit 
more of a place of calmness. And the reason why he was able to do that is because he had control of both houses. And now that he doesn't have control of both houses, you could see how he just started with what he did with immigration um, with these four countries that he just basically blatantly bland people of color from coming into America. Instead of sending them back to their homes, he sends them to Mexico. So that that's one of the acts that he's showing. But the thing that I really wanted to say is what's about to happen with this debt ceiling in the fight that's going to come into play in regards to the type of things that the Republicans are going to take away or try to take away from everyday American citizens, those who need these type of services the most, like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, other type. Yeah, but you're not answering the question. The question was not about the Republicans. The question was about... No, 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 I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Give me the point. No, get to it. You don't have all okay, day. Okay, so what I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, what, what's going to happen with this whole debt ceiling situation? It's gonna Biden is gonna have to make a choice because the Republicans are gonna basically hold him under hostage. And when it comes down to the debt ceiling, I don't think America wants to default on it, but I think in this case, we need to default on it and let it play out the way that it plays out. I think what Biden's going to do is... Uh, Do you you understand the enormity of what it is you're saying? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And what I'm saying to you, to protect Social Security, Medicaid, and other services is more important than I feel the debt ceiling is because remember but you had a hold a second hold a second you're putting yes, a bunch ma'am. of things you're jamming them up together and they yeah but it all not do, but you're not doing a good job of letting us understand what in all of this all of what you've said what could you point to that answers the question? What question are you answering? The answer to the question is, Biden has a choice either to, to go no, along we're not with talking it about Biden's choices. We're talking, I've done this exercise many times. The first thing you do is to listen to the question. And what the question is asking and then you address some portion of that, that's fine. But you're putting all kinds of things together. We can't keep pace with you because you're all over the place. And we can't follow your thought. We can't follow your reasoning because it's all jumbled together. It makes sense in your head, but I'm listening. My basic premise is this. Biden has to make a choice 
Is he going to protect everyday people or is he going to protect corporate America? And yeah, but he has the right question. to be. Listen to me. Listen to me. That was not the question. The question was could you identify uh, how Biden might have to respond? But you're putting a whole bunch of things together and you're not making sense. It's it's all over the place, but it's not, you're not saying. You're saying, you're saying, how does Biden have to respond to the situation that's at hand that he's facing? He has to no, I'm saying you're not answering the question talk. because you are all over the place. And I can't follow what arguments you are making and against what point you're making these my, arguments. My, argue, my argument is, does Biden make the choice to protect everyday people or does he make but the that's choice not the question. to protect I the keep repeating to you, that's not the question. The question raised had to do with why do you think Biden is is uh, 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 doing well or not doing well? Is he responding well or not? But you 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 have to listen. I don't, I don't to think that. I don't think he's I don't think he's been placed in a situation to really show if he's doing well or not. He's been in a situation but, but, but to where he's been able to so because you are you are nitpicking and you are saying. He isn't doing this and he isn't doing that. But that's but not he really the hasn't faced no he hasn't faced no crises, you treat, to where it will determine if he's doing a good or bad job. He's basically but, No, 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 wait a minute. It's not about whether he is doing it's about what you think and what you can put forward a cogent argument about. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, my point is, I don't think he's doing anything other than what he's been placed in office to do and that he hasn't shown really any great ability to do anything because he hasn't faced the major crises. I mean, I put it to you like this. If there has there been a 9-11, there hasn't been a 9-11 for him to address and show real, true leadership. So oh, Lord. He's just uh, doing the you, job you are to me. Far, you are far afield. You are making right. things I'm, I'm up as you go. You I'm don't a, have a cogent argument. And, I'll try and you're not day. answering I'm, the question. Have a good day. Not, yeah, you too. Thanks. Uh, 888-874-4888. It's very, very important. And I've talked about this a lot. Listen to the question. What is the question asking you to do as you offer a response that is cogent, that we can appreciate at least the, the main points of your argument? But when you're all over the place, you're not answering the question. You have to answer the question. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. How are you doing, Ed? Ed, are you there? Okay. Phil from California, you're on the air. 
Okay, Brother David, you're on the line. Uh, you know, um, I would like you to give me a question because uh, I've forgotten exactly the list of questions <laughs> that you gave. I'm sorry. Okay, that's 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 easily done. Okay, we're talking about some questions that you may want to consider. Um, yes. Looking back at the Biden administration's past two years and looking yes. forward that he might be, if he runs again and wins, up for another two years, is Biden the kind of president the country needs? That's a question. For what has he earned strong points, in your opinion? And for what have you found him wanting? That's a question. Okay. All right. I'll take the first one. Um, okay. Is he the type of president the country needs? Well, I look at it this way. The type of president the country needs would be one that provided leadership in terms of projecting his views on laws that would be passed to benefit most of the people that live in the country. However, I see him as no different than the ones that are usually in power that work for the small ruling class that run the country. So to me, the type of president that the country needs is one that essentially benefits the mass of people and provides leadership and social benefits and economic benefits that benefit the masses of people rather than the small elite ruling class that uh, those in the legislative uh, branch usually have their pockets, uh, their hands in the pockets of those people. So that's my answer to your question. Uh, and I think it's very difficult for us to get that uh, because of the power of the small ruling class to control the Congress. And so that's the long and short of it, as I see. Okay. Thank you. Very concise. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, you're welcome. Um, Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Therese. I hate to ask you. Hi. I did hear you repeat the question. Hello. Can you repeat the question just one more time? I'm so sorry. <laughs> one more time. Well, actually, it's a question with many parts to it. So it's a right. pretty complex question, but you can deal with just... a, a portion of, of it if you'd like. Looking back at the Biden administration's past two years and to the possibility of perhaps two more if he runs again and wins, 
is Biden the kind of president the country needs? For what has he earned strong points from you? And for what have you found him wanting? That's that question. Okay, got it. So I frankly believe that it really would not matter at this point who the president was, uh, unless it's Trump, because they absolutely can't control him. Uh, But I think that the role of the president has been diminished so deeply because of globalism and because the the president really is is a person who's being run by the – corporate mafia of the world he's being run by them he, he's not running them he, he he doesn't have any power uh there we have allowed um uh the world to become uh encompassed by uh two huge groups two conglomerates blackrock and vanguard and they call the shots for everything and and what they want to do is they want total and utter and complete control of everyone and so what Biden is there to do is to pass the, the legislation that they put in front of him. And I think no matter who it would be that they would put the legislation through. I think that um, there are very few people that have the, 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 that have the courage to take a job on like this, where they're basically surrounded by, uh, millions of armies of, I, I'm just going to call them mafia, because I really believe that is what the world is being run by. And yes, we've had, uh, we've had times in the past that, that were, you know, pretty, you know, corrupt, but I mean, it's, it's, it's global. And it's like, they've all drank Kool-Aid and they, the, the things that are proposed for us uh, to, to have come into our lives, the uh, new system of money that is already in front of Congress, it has to be voted on about whether or not they're going to get rid of uh, paper currency and go into a, a currency that is computerized so that they can control all of your money. Um, the fact that we're allowing, we're, we're subsidizing people like Elon Musk for uh, his toys of, 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 of putting chips inside of people's brains uh, just just for the hell of it so he can have a little more control. Um, I mean, it's like mad scientists have stepped up to the plate and they have decided that they're the only ones that matter. <laughs> and their primary purpose is to get rid of the rest of us and take as much as they can. So I don't know who could stop this. I, I, I honestly don't. I don't even know if Jesus Christ could stop it. But I know that we are systematically lied to, that we have very, uh, very little information, that the censorship of our media gets deeper every day. More and more people are getting censored off the air. And I don't hear anybody in Washington doing anything about it. And we end up with spectacles like this uh, guy from Long Island who apparently um, is a compulsive liar. He can't help himself. He just he just lies about everything. And it's so um, it's so representative of what our government looks like right now. I just I just don't know if there's really anybody in there that has any sense of integrity. I mean, people you have WMYC, which is a 
uh, is a nonstop uh, propaganda machine for like every bad idea and bad politician that is around. Uh, you know, I heard I heard a, a I can't remember his name, but a horrible guy that Gary Knoll has uh, uh, had played excerpts of, of him many times. Uh, uh, and you know he's an anti-human, anti-humanist. This guy is, and w, you know uh, WMYC tried to play him up like he was this great uh, humanitarian. Um, anyway, so I, I don't really know, but I do know this: that we uh, we are at a crossroads, but uh, we have a generation um, in the millennials that are pretty much out to lunch. Um, they have very little left to lose they don't have they didn't come to the table with much they don't have much to lose they grew up with these devices in their hands and they've they've grown up with a total sense of non-anonymity they don't even know what it is and they don't seem to really care what it is but they're going to learn sooner or later that um you know being on total lockdown uh at the whims of some crazy mad scientist is is not going to be a good thing so i guess to me um with biden i would say that one thing I do think uh, that he did do at the in, look initially, uh, it stopped Trump from getting in. Uh, I, I do think that he has a calmer demeanor about him. He's not uh, some lunatic that's out there flailing his hands around. But you know, um, I'm not listening for him because he's not saying anything, and neither would anybody else say anything. The only thing I'm listening for is to get as much information as I can about the parallel governments going on, which controls our government, which contro- controls the Chinese government, the Russian government, that controls all of it. There are a few players at the top. They meet at the World Economic uh, uh, Forum. But, you know, even the people that are the so-called leaders there have uh, people that they are beholden to as well. But I think that we all need to turn our eyes to this because we are going to see more and more that there's going to be um, total control of all of our societies. And, you know, if you don't believe it, it's it's already happening. I mean, in Switzerland, uh, I heard the other day, they're perfectly happy to have a chip in their wrist so they can go into a store and uh, buy whatever they want and not have to worry about taking a wallet out. You know, that sounds great, but but you're also being monitored. They're also watching everything you do. Your Your car watches everything you do. And why is this important to bring this up? Because this is what the new government is about. The government that we now have is a government of total surveillance. And why is that happening? Because they want total control and total domination of the United States and the world. So this is what I think we really need to pay attention to. Biden's just, you know, he's just a mouthpiece. And um, again, not much is going to change unless you get some incredible leader. But how can you get an incredible leader? Because I'm telling you this. No one gets up to the plate unless you have some horrible secrets under your belt. If you haven't been uh, a corrupt or a pedophile or something like that, you're not getting in office. You're just not. The Democratic Party will squash you to death. The newspapers will, will destroy your campaign. There are insiders all over that watch people that, that come to the table with a sense of integrity. It's very, very hard to get in. And I hate to sound like that, but I mean, you know, uh, tomorrow morning, I, I heard today that uh, the, the primary speaker on WMYC is going to be Melissa Mark Viverito, the ex-speaker of, uh, of the House of, of our city council here. The least talented, the, the city council candidate who got the least amount of votes of any candidate in the history of the city council. And yet 
she was awarded the speaker position. And what is she going to talk about? She's going to talk about strategizing, strategizing in a campaign. Well, more like criminalizing in her campaigns because there, the, 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 every dirty trick this 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 woman had access to in order to gain power because she has no talent whatsoever and she has no no feeling for the for the general public just a feeling to to have power and who is bringing her on well Kathy Hochul she's Kathy Hochul's trying to bring in the most conservative judge that we've had in in the state of New York uh, to the point where actually New York uh, politicians got on board and said no he can't come in but Hochul wants him in and Viverito is going to come on the radio and she's going to try to convince us for why we have to have this very, very uh, uh, Clarence Thomas kind of, uh, of judge in the state of New York with total power. Really scary stuff. So, so I guess that's kind of my answer. I would say pay more attention to what's happening on the side. Just expect that, that Biden, like anyone else, is simply a mouthpiece. Doesn't mean we don't have to take an action. It certainly means we have to take an action. But you need to pay attention more to to the powers over the power. Well, thank you, Gwen. Thanks you for your contribution today. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. But- <laughs> Pertaining to your question, I think it's pretty much all been said. We're in a morass of leadership worldwide. The values, morals, uh, standards, even common moral practices are in a decline everywhere, from this government to uh, to Brazil to Africa. You look around, you don't see it. The, the common denominator is greed, and the common denominator. Where did that go? Well, I don't know, Ed, but you kind of just got off the air. Okay, Ed, again, we just lost you. Phil from California, you're on the air. Thank you, Utrice. Um I wanted to chime in on the debt ceiling uh, topic that somebody brought up earlier. On the what? The debt ceiling? Oh, yes. But that was not yeah, the question. The question was not about the debt ceiling. The question uh-huh. he was answering, at least I thought he was, was about uh, Biden. Uh-huh. Well, not because he was talking about the... Yeah, because he was talking about the debt ceiling, um, he basically kind of uh, brought up a dominant narrative in the establishment, corporate press media, where they talk about the debt ceiling. And it's not true that there is a debt ceiling. Uh, Economist Dr. Richard Wolff, I remember him years ago talking about on Democracy Now! how uh, the whole brinksmanship over the debt ceiling back in circa 2012, 2013, was political theater. Uh, I remember. But let me uh, let me just time. say again: we we were not discussing the debt ceiling. We were That's discussing right. what. But I just, I just wanted you to find, correct him. Would you? I'm sorry. I wanted you to correct him because uh, nobody corrected him, and he kind of created the. Well, the I tried. He tried. Tried, but there is he, a debt ceiling. It seemed that he wanted an argument. And I don't argue. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. But, it, yeah. you know, it's all over the news, um, this whole thing about the debt ceiling. And I just hope that our listeners, when they do hear this, they can go ahead and read uh, one of my former professor's books, Dr. Stephanie Kelton. It's called The Deficit Myth. And it talks about why the debt ceiling is a myth, why uh, modern monetary systems, you might be familiar with modern monetary theory, um, basically a fiat currency when the yeah, United but States you, is the sovereign currency issuer. You're taking us off the path that you were on. Okay, let me, let me make it really it short not, then, as short as I can. Let me make it, it short as not, I can. But then. it was not the, about the U.S. The can never. Theory. That's right. It's, it was not, not about, about that, I know. All right, so but I just wish- hang in there. We will be talking about the debt ceiling, uh, but yeah. not today. We're talking about some other things. Okay, yeah. I just want people to keep in mind that that's, that's not true. The U.S. can never go broke. The U.S. can never run out of money because it's you see what I, I, issue. You're not answering, Phil. I just said so three that's times. Yeah, that's my concluding You're remark. not talking that's about the debt ceiling today. You're not hearing. I know, I know. You're not listening. I know, but I just turned in to correct a falsehood. So I thank you very much for letting me correct that falsehood. Uh, Is there something in the water? (laughs) People not listening to what is being asked of you, what is being said? Come on. It's vitally important. Really, it is. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you have something that you feel urgently you must say. That's okay. I understand that. But I organized a program, and the program was not organized around these points. Um, So I'm interested in what people have to say about the topics that I've presented for your consideration but people want to take it all over the place, which is a an example of chaos. I don't function well with chaos. You've got to have a planned way of operating that makes everything easy. Now, we will get to your debt ceiling question, or we will get to other questions that were raised today. But it is vitally important, and I stress this all the time. This is a major problem in which we have a program planned and people just decide, well, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. Number one is bad manners. Number two, if you have a topic you want to talk about, you can suggest it. I will certainly consider it. But you don't, you you just land in the middle of a program organized around a particular topic or set of topics and decide, well, I don't want to talk about any of these things. I'm talking about this. That's really bad manners. And I don't like bad manners. I I really don't like it. There's no reason for it. And secondly, it gives us the impression that the, the the focus is immaterial to you. You can just jump in and take a program wherever it is you want to go. Well, you will have a rough time with me on that. I organize a program, and it's good points. 
but uh, you can't do that. It's not, it's not kosher, not good. So we'll meet again tomorrow and talk about some other things. Thanks for today. Bye-bye.